and welcome back to Sweet Talk. I am your host, Andrea Brown of IamAndreaBrown.com. Thank you so much for tuning in to this show in which I get to react to the Oprah Winfrey Network series, Queen Sugar. Today, we're talking about season four, episode three. And as I do every week, I'm gonna give you my top three moments from the show. So if you're ready, let's get into it. So we know that the running theme throughout this season is tied to Nova and her book, Blessings and Blood. So my number three moment has to deal with the book yet again. So I want to, I want to find something redemptive about Nova in this situation. And it's been really difficult for me because over the course of the last three seasons, even though she has done messed up things pretty much every season, she's always found a way to redeem herself. Right now though, where we are in season four, I don't know where the redemption is coming from. I just don't. She's really messed up at a level that I've never seen her mess up at before. I just don't get it. But in this week's episode, I found myself wanting to be excited for her and then I had to like snap out of it. It just wasn't good for me. You see, Nova got a call from her agent who let her know that the New York Times had reviewed her book and the review was actually glowing. And I was like, oh my gosh, as a writer, you would always want the New York Times book review to be excellent. I felt her excitement through the screen. The problem is she sacrificed her family for the glow. The book that she got reviewed told all her family's business. It absolutely is a no go. She literally sacrificed her entire family and their stories and their trust and their relationships to be successful. And I know she says, <laughs> I know she says that there is a higher purpose and a higher reasoning for her telling the stories, but to me, it just boils down to the fact that she was disloyal to her family. She did something that was extremely disrespectful. The least that you can do is give people the opportunity to tell you no. If you're doing something, you should at least give people the opportunity to have a say in telling something that is theirs to tell. And unfortunately, Nova didn't do that. One of the big key points in the episode was Ralph Angel having to go tell Darla that Nova actually placed Blue in the book. And we have to remember that Ralph Angel hasn't actually read the entire book, so he doesn't know at the moment that Darla's story is in the book as well, that the whole world will find out that she used to be a prostitute. Now, I don't know about you, but I really, really, really enjoy Darla's character. I've liked seeing her growth over the last few seasons. And it's going to be really unfortunate when she realizes that her business is in the street. I mean, this is the type of shenanigans and drama that could cause somebody to relapse, to spiral, to go back down into a place that they 
have removed themselves from. So not only is the story that Ralph Angel is not bluesed by a lot of trigger father in the book, but also the fact that Darla was once a prostitute, I still just don't understand why Nova thought it would be cool for her to just walk around and tell people this information when again, it's not her story to tell. You know, this reminds me of a scripture and I hate to get preachy, but the word says, what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? That is the question that I have for Nova. What are you getting from this that makes this idea of telling other people's stories and not just other people, the people that you love, the people that you grew with, what makes you think it's okay to just blast them out? To me, it makes no sense. And Darla and Ralph Angel weren't the only ones that were reading the book in this episode. Aunt Vi read some more of the book, but we'll talk about that later. But the one person that leads me into my number two moment is Micah. So Micah has, of course, received the first physical copy of Blessings and Blood, and he's been reading it, and he kind of addressed his mom about the situations that were in the book. And I've got to be honest with you, he handled it a lot better than I actually thought he would. He was pretty calm. Now, Micah's been a little bit, I don't want to say insufferable, but he has been a little bit of a annoying teenager in the last couple of episodes. He's found this newfound fame. And you know when young people, and I'm saying this as a young person, but when a young person kind of like finds their wokeness, they kind of put it everywhere. And I think Micah hasn't learned how to um, harness it yet. And of course, it's spilling over into his life. If you remember last week, he got into the altercation with the boy under the overpass at the party. And of course, his girlfriend Kiki was there. So we see that Micah and Kiki haven't been talking. Kiki is not the one. Kiki is not down for it. And sometimes I think that Kiki may have a little bit of respectability in her as well. We'll leave that for another moment. But Micah got the opportunity to make up with Kiki. She was upset that he actually took it there with the boy, but he apologized to her and promised that he wouldn't disrespect her. And I was like, oh, that's nice. Look at the little light-skinned guy. He really is showing love. Like, he's got the wisdom in him. I was so happy to see it, right? So they go back to his house and Micah opens some mail. Come to find out it's a death threat. I mean, people are wishing bullets and blood on this kid's head. And he is so, so, so taken aback by it. Kiki tells him that he should take it to the police. And he turns to her and says, what are they going to do about it? It's a good question, Micah. They probably wouldn't do anything in St. Joe's where you live. So he did the next best thing. He took it to his mom. Charlie looked at the letter and she was like, oh, okay, another one of these, all right, I'll take care of it. <laughs> what? Mike, of course, was taken aback. He was like, what do, you, what do you mean? How are you gonna handle a death threat? Charlie then proceeds to open a drawer and pull out like seven or eight more letters. It turns out that ever since Micah gave his prison speech, he's been receiving death threats. 
And that fancy trip to Paris was actually a diversion that Charlie set up. She even hired a security detail that he didn't know anything about to make sure that he was protected. Remember when we talked about he was reading Blessings and Blood and he said that he was not sure if he trusted his mom? This was a moment in which Charlie got to show him that she too, not only his Aunt Nova, could be trustworthy for him, that her job was to protect him. And I think in that moment, if things finally click for Micah, and I'm hoping that he'll take a little bit more caution as he maneuvers this newfound wokeness that he's come into. I'm not hating on his wokeness. He needs to be an activist. But the part that he missed that he didn't get from his Aunt Nova was all that comes with being an activist. People are not going to like you when you speak truth to power. And everything that Micah has been saying has had some truth in it. Unfortunately, everybody is just not going to like it. They're not going to accept the things that you have to say. And people, especially people that feel threatened by the things that you say, are not going to just sit back and let it happen. Of course, they'll try to instill fear in you. And that's what Micah was just experiencing then. I think one of the things that I was asking during this entire time, though, was where is Micah's dad? Davis has been noticeably absent, but I did see in the preview for next week's episode that he's going to come back. I mean, Charlie did mention him in the beginning of this season when Micah did come back and she mentioned that Davis chartered a jet for Micah to get back to St. Joe's from New York because he missed a connection. But having his dad around would have probably been a little bit helpful as well. But I guess we'll see what happens next week when Davis shows up with that break baby that he had. The biggest moment, however, in this episode was definitely Jimmy Dale. I remember last week we talked about this. Jimmy Dale was kind of navigating his way through the little country back road town, being charming and helpful, but also looking extra creepy at every possible chance he had. Well, this man showed up at Vi's Prize Pies, and it was so shocking to our Aunt Vi that she actually passed out. And of course, he was able to skedaddle out of there before Hollywood really realized who he was. But once Hollywood found out, he was on the case. And that's what I love about Hollywood. He really, really shows what love really looks like. He loves his wife and he will go to any measure to make sure that she is protected. So after Aunt Vi sees this guy again, she goes back to the house. Of course, she's overwhelmed. Like I said, she passed out. It's like seeing a ghost. I, if it was me, I, I just don't know what would happen. I honestly don't know. I'd probably pass out too. To see someone who has been such a pain point in your life and after not seeing them for so many years, come on, man. It was a lot for her. But then she gets back to the house and we see that she's kept this little keepsake box of negative energy negative memories from her time with Jimmy Dale. Like there's a hospital band and it says Violet Dale. So of course that was, you know, when she was married to Violet, I mean, when she was married to Jimmy, Jimmy Dale. And I was like, why, why would she keep that? Like, 
why would you want to hold on to things like that? And I think that for a lot of us, there are things that we hold on to because even though something might be negative, there's some sense of like connection to it. It's still a part of our story, but those are the kind of things that can keep you in bondage and keep you from being healed from whatever situation that you're dealing with, right? Anyway, Hollywood tells Jimmy Dale that he has to get out of town. And man, we thought that Jimmy Dale, <laughs> we thought that Jimmy Dale was gonna go ahead and go through with it. Hollywood charged him up. There was no, no missed words. Hollywood told him that if he didn't get out of town, he was going to catch the hands. And I 100% believed him. I really did, even in that moment, and buys prized pies. But Hollywood said he followed him to the edge of town and watched him get on the freeway. But baby, let me tell you, Jimmy Dale, <laughs> a creepy guy is going to creep. A creeper will always creep. And he creeped, crept, creeped. <laughs> he crept his way back to Violet's house and I could tell that he really thought that he was running stuff. I mean, the guy is slimy. He came in and he told her he was coming in. He didn't ask really. I mean, he asked the first time she said no. And then he told her I'm coming in and he came in. When she opened the screen door, he touched her face and I could see her body tense up. It was like, muscle memory he had trained her to do what he wanted her to do and she kind of reverted back to that out of a space of fear I was scared for her I mean the fear jumped out it wasn't it wasn't like it was hidden it was very tangible so he starts talking his talk and you know telling her that she was you know good and he missed her cooking and he missed her and then Nova shows up and asked him what he's doing there. And he was like, oh, it's good to see you again, Nova. I was like, again? Again? What do you mean? Here comes Nova. I, 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 I can explain. Sis, what did you do? Did you really bring your auntie's abuser to her front door? Like, why would you do something like that? So they proceed to throw him out. I mean, he tried to put his hands on Violet. The two ladies got to work throwing him out. And then once they got him outside, Hollywood was there. And let me tell you, when a man really loves a woman and she's in danger, that man is going to do what he has to do to protect her. And that's exactly what happened to Jimmy Dale. He ran off at the mouth and realized that the young buck that he was being shady about could really put the paws on him. And I mean, Hollywood gave him a nice one in his eye. He was bleeding and everything and had Violet and Nova not told him to stop. Jimmy Dale might've been dead on their front lawn. And personally, I don't know if I would have been upset about that. It would have been unfortunate to see a loss of a life. And of course I wouldn't want Hollywood to go to jail. So. Uh, I was like, okay, let him go, I guess. Violet said he wasn't worth it, so <laughs> I guess he's not worth it, right? But Nova and Violet and Hollywood had to have a conversation after, you know, Hollywood handled Jimmy Dale. And it turns out that Nova, in her quest to hear the other side of the story, 
went to see Jimmy Dale to get his perspective. To see, she said, if there was any way that he could be redeemed. No. Why? I just don't understand why that was that was even a thought that came to her mind. The logic is just absent. The logic's not there. I don't get it. She said once she got to him, she realized he was still a creep and still a slime ball. I mean, duh, sis, he literally beat your auntie. Like, what? Why would you think that it would be good for you to go and find out for yourself if he was really still a creep? If there was really some redemption? You gotta leave that to the Lord. I mean, if there's gonna be some redeeming going on, it's not gonna be with you. Every single week, it's something new with this lady. And I'm like, where did this come from, sis? You are better than that. And I think the biggest point, the problem, is exactly what I told you was going to happen last week. Aunt Vi said, you got to go. She told her that, her dad would be disappointed in her. Now, man, I know that that hurt her the most because if there's anything Nova wants is to make her daddy proud. Violet said, your daddy will be so disappointed in you and I'm gonna do what your mama would have done in this situation and that's tell you to get out. She said, don't darken my doorstep and don't put any flowers on my grave, man. That was tough talk. I can't even, I wasn't ready for it. I mean, when it happened, I said, oh, I mean, does she deserve it? I, I don't know. I mean, the answer is in the moment, yes. Feelings, it's painful. Why would you bring that into your family space? Why would you bring those feelings to someone that you love and care about and you know this person hurt them. Why would you do that? So I understand Aunt Violet, but in that moment, even though I'm not supposed to feel bad for her, I felt a little bad for Nova. I felt bad because it's like, why? Like, why? Honestly, you brought it on yourself, but I'm trying to understand why you would bring it on yourself and think that this was just going to blow over. It's really unfortunate. Looking forward to next week's episode. Again, I mentioned it when I talked in my number two point about Micah. Davis West is coming back finally. He's bringing his child that he had outside of his marriage with Charlie to visit. There's a lot of other things going on, but I think that one is gonna be a major twist. Also, we have to pay attention to what's happening with Charlie and the Landrys. One of the things I love about Queen Sugar is that there are so many offshoot stories that are happening that can keep your attention. So we remember that Charlie is a board member at Landry Enterprises, but she's a minority member, so she doesn't get all the information that she could get. Well, it looks like the Landrys are up to no good again. They're probably about to um, do some things that they have no business doing again. They've purchased property, $1.5 million worth of property and Charlie's trying to figure out what it's for and where it's going. The one thing that she does have working in her favor is that Jacob Boudreaux really does like her. He's got a crush on her and he's had a crush on her for the longest time. And I think in her mind, she thought about maybe trying to hook up with him, maybe like last season or the season before to try to get in good. 
but she just couldn't allow herself to do that and thankfully she didn't because she's got such a sweet relationship with her new boyfriend Romero but that relationship that she does have with Jacob is going to be key in helping her figure out what's going on with the Landry's and what move she has to make next as it relates to that so what do you think is gonna happen next week? I'd love to hear from you in the comments. Type them up, let me know. And also, if you enjoy this podcast, please rate it. If you're on YouTube, please subscribe. If you're on iTunes, if you're on Google Play, if you're on Spotify, wherever you are listening to this show, I'd love for you to just show me some love. I really appreciate it. And I'm looking forward to talking to you next week on Friday. All right? Sweet talk. Fridays. I'll see you then. Bye-bye.